Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. Mike McDaniel is not here. Uh, it turns out Mike is stuck in a, uh, a drive through line at a Bojangles, uh, which, I, you know, these things happen. Like, they, they, they're popular places. Um, and so in his place, we, we had to go to the best person that we knew to cover the entire ACC. We, we had to get a, a proper replacement here. We bring in none other than you love him. You've you missed him on this podcast. Justin Cates from InsideTheACC.com joins us. Justin, welcome back. Thank you so much for coming in and uh, tagging in for Mike while he waits on his uh, chicken and biscuits. Well, I'm glad to be here. I don't know if, if we should consider him stuck. That seems like a good place to be in the Bojangles drive through But you know what? Hopefully he does get his food at a reasonable time. Waiting in anticipation, uh, we'll say. And uh, yeah. Justin, good to have you on. Uh, appreciate you hopping in here. It was kind of a last-minute thing. Um, we, we thought that drive-through line was going to speed up, and it, uh, unfortunately it did not. But uh, we have a, a an illustrious slate of games here in the ACC uh, this week in Week 8. We, As we've been talking about, we have almost five games to talk about this week. Uh, it actually turns out to be four. But, Justin, here's the thing that I think is interesting is that we are talking this week about two division championship games. Um, it's a little bit early for that. It's you know kind of getting into the later part of October, but I think this is the week where we find out who's playing in Charlotte. And and Justin, I think the place that we have to start is uh, the place where everyone's eyes will be. The, the the whole country is watching. This game might have a playoff implication. You never know. Um, at 12:30 p.m. on whatever regional network your ACC network extra feed is coming in on. The Virginia Cavaliers on the road in Durham taking on the Duke Blue Devils. The Blue Devils, a seven-point home favorite. This is the de facto Coastal Championship game at this point, Justin. Um, I, I'm sure that you you are fully in agreement with that at this point. Uh, how are we feeling about the fighting Bronco Mendenhalls going on the road as a touchdown underdog? Can they get this job done and really assume the driver's seat in the Coastal Division? This is a high GPA game. A lot of smart kids on the field bashing yeah, their heads together. Um, yeah, I mean, Virginia, you know, I don't know if you remember this. During one of the preseason podcasts, I kind of joked half kiddingly that that uh, UVA could win the Coastal Division. And I think you stopped me. You were like, let's not get carried away. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But, like, I don't know. The craziest things happen in this. Oh, so you did this. I don't know if it's really my fault. I blame Bronco. I think that's Mm. the way to go. But, uh, you know. Well, no, I blame you. Well, that seems fair. I think everyone (laughs) can blame me. Um, But, uh, yeah, you know, it's just a fascinating story watching them kind of come together. uh, I think a lot sooner than anybody expected. That was an extraordinary from the ground up rebuild, just straight up build, frankly, at this point in the program. Uh, and his guys seem to have bought in really quickly and, you know, they, they definitely have shown some, some growing pains, but at the same time, they're, they're four and two and looking real good. 
It's been interesting to watch. I, I am still a little bit in the camp of like Bronco Mendenhall is kind of a weird fit at Virginia. Um, but you, in a lot of ways, you really kind of can see him building what he built at BYU. Um, you know, the defense has really started turned a corner this year in, in a lot of ways, honestly, which is crazy given that they lost Clint Blanding, Micah Kaiser, Andrew Brown, all those guys from last year. Um, and, and the thing that has struck me about Virginia's offense, and we've I've talked about this with Mike a few weeks ago, was that they they let like four players touch the ball on offense. Like 90 plus percent of their rushes, receptions, all that have involved a running back, Jordan Ellis, two receivers, and you know, Bryce Perkins, right? Like there's like four guys that get 90 plus percent of the touches, which it's it's one thing to say, yeah, like give your give your best players the ball. Like, and that's that's a perfectly fine strategy. And I think that everybody should aspire to do that. But on another level, it's like the fact that there's only a couple of guys that you have to kind of key in on as a defense is, is another kind of interesting element to that in my mind. So I'm I'm a little curious to see if they can keep up what they've been doing. On the other side of this, Duke, their defense in particular, the front seven, has looked really good this year. Um, I just got to watch them up close and personal, uh, making a mess of Georgia Tech's offense last week. Um, they've had a couple injuries in the secondary. You know, they're a little less sturdy out there, but certainly in the front seven, um, very, very good. And so I think that the thing is for Virginia in this game, for them to win this game, I think that they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to effectively pass with Bryce Perkins, not turn the ball over. And that's the, uh, to, to me, therein lies the question of can they do that? Yeah. I kind of lean towards no, they can't. Um, and yet I'm, I'm tempted to just take the seven points with Virginia and, and say this is going to be kind of a close game. Justin, I think I'm going to go Duke winning this game outright, but not covering. I'm going to go Duke 28-24. Well, I think you really hit on that with the uh, with Bryce Perkins in particular. He's thrown five interceptions the last two weeks against pretty good defenses. As the competition has gotten stiffer, he started to make more mistakes. Uh, against Miami in particular, he made some just terribly ill-advised throws. Uh, the first one in particular was across his body into potentially triple, even borderline quadruple coverage. Just, you know, you can't force things like that. And... Uh, but across the way, Daniel Jones once in a while will make sh throws that I still kind of scratch my head at, which I'm wondering why he does. Uh, maybe it's just a confidence thing and he feels like he can get away with things. But, uh, you know, he also had a fumble that he lost last week. Uh, the ball was on the ground a lot in that game uh, from both sides, which was fun to watch. But, uh, you know, I, I think I, I agree with you. I think Duke will probably win this one. I think they're the better overall team. And again, it does rest a lot with that defense, which has been very impressive pretty much throughout the season. Uh, and I think that, you know, I, I've said this already this year that this is the best Duke team that David Cutcliffe has had, I think, by a fair margin because of the combination, the balance of both sides. They've got good skill players on both sides of the football, really, for the first time uh, that he's been there. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I agree with you. I think UVA does have some really nice pieces, but uh, they're going to be taxed as much as they have been. I think they're finally probably going to not necessarily take a step back, but they're going to get uh, – you know, you can only make so many mistakes for so long, and they've been kind of doing it with smoke and mirrors. But it's I don't know. Like you said, Broncos a weird fit, but it works somehow. He's he's making it happen. Uh, and uh, but yeah, ultimately I think Duke will pull this one out. I don't know about scores. Uh, this, this is not my realm. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with a little more scoring, I guess. I, I'll say that uh, Duke maybe puts up uh, thirty-one, 
and UVA gets to like 24. So it'll be it'll be right at the line there. Oh damn it, that's a cop out. I, I, I don't I need Duke minus seven or Virginia plus seven for scorekeeping. If we're going for a push, that's that's all right. All right, we'll say that somehow if we're saying we'll, it's gonna push. We'll say somehow that Virginia gets 23 points then. I'll say okay. that Duke covers. All right, so Duke covers but barely. Um, yeah. I the other thing that I'm intrigued by, and I talked about this a little bit last week as well, is that watching Daniel Jones for a full game and having seen him a couple weeks ago against Virginia Tech. Something doesn't quite look right with him um, as far as his arm strength, you know, and I, I compared it to like the Andrew Luck situation um, in the NFL right now where not quite what you're used to seeing from him in terms of being able to throw a deep ball and that kind of thing. There's a lot of underneath stuff getting thrown, you know, passes of 10 to 15 yards at most. I'm a little curious to see how Virginia's defense reacts to that. Um, that's that's a thing that I could see either – it's like a feast or famine thing, right? Either Duke's going to totally just eat them up all day long with some underneath passes, or Virginia's going to give them a hell of a time forcing them to go over the top. So I'm, I'm really curious to see kind of how this whole game shakes out. It's some interesting uh, styles make fights kind of kind of situation here with Virginia and Duke, I think. So I got Virginia in the points. Justin's laying seven with Duke. Uh, he is, by the way, taking uh, taking credit, or, or Mike is taking credit for all of, Duke, of Justin's picks this week. So uh at your own risk justin and and mike well anyway you shouldn't have gone out for food huh that that was the mistake that was the mistake let's move on 3 30 p.m on espn justin the other game that people will you know perhaps tune into after the main event is over number 16 nc state on the road in death valley against number three clemson justin the tigers are a 17 and a half point favorite in this game i went back and looked and since dabo swinney has taken over this Clemson team Clemson has played NC state nine times only twice. Have they won by 17 or more hmm. all like the other seven games, NC state's only won one of them, but almost all of them have been close. The last two games they've played since 2016 and 2017 have been one score games. NC state damn near beat Deshaun Watson's national championship Clemson team. 17 and a half sounds like a hell of a lot of points in this game. Am I missing something? I That was my first thought, too. I mean, Clemson is very good, but I think that's just way too many points. I absolutely think that NC State will – I don't think that they'll win, although I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Their defense is outstanding. Ryan Finley's been playing well. They've got a lot of things going for them. I think Dave Doran is – it's like the sneakiest coach in America, potentially. Like he just kind of bores you to death when you hear him talk. But he is really, he really knows his stuff, and and he's got that program firing on all cylinders. Uh, I, I really, fully, like I said, expect NC State to cover that seventeen and a half. That just seems like way too many points to me. I don't get it. Um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe those guys always seem to know what they're doing. So I, when I see a line like that, I'm like, what's happening here? Yeah, when you when you expect that to be like a touchdown different, like I would say give me, you know, like Clemson minus 11 if I was just setting this line or something like that. Like yeah. six, seven points different, that, that's where it starts to like something really seems off here. Here are the two things that I'm trying to, trying to kind of come to terms with in this game is, number one, Clemson's coming off of an – absolute drubbing of Wake Forest two weeks ago, 63 to three. And then they go on a bye week. So they're rest rested. They've got an extra week to prepare for NC state, this whole thing. Right. So that works in the favor of Clemson at the same time, NC state 
this is by far going to be the toughest game that they've played. Um, mm. You look at the S&P Plus ratings, and, and it remains a, an absolute shame that they lost the West Virginia game in week three to the Hurricane because that would have been such a, a magnificent measuring stick for NC State uh, to, to have a chance to play that game. They haven't. You look at S&P Plus ratings, and the best team that they've played was Boston College at you know 47th overall, and they won that game by five points. Now they play the number two overall team on the road. They're projected to lose by 14 and a half points by S&P Plus, right? So that's like a, a pretty major swing, huge uptick in competition. You wonder how that affects NC State to some degree. I'm with you, Justin. I'm going to take NC State in the 17 and a half. I'm I'm a little bit nervous about betting it because something does seem off about it. And I feel like somebody knows something that I don't, I don't know if we're reading too much into Clemson, just absolutely just drubbing wake forest a couple weeks ago. I don't know if we're reading too much into what NC state has done to get to five and O against teams that don't measure up at all to Clemson, but Maybe I'm just going to do the naive thing here. Give me, give me NC State in the 17 and a half, and uh, I, I think my final score projection here is like 34-27. I'm going to say it's another seven-point game for NC State. I don't think they quite get it done. Like you, would not be shocked if they did. And frankly, NC State right now, we record here Thursday night, roughly six to one money line. If you think NC State can cover this game, you might want to consider throwing a little bit on the the outright win because. This is about the best chance that Clemson has to lose the rest of the year. So something something to consider. And again, two years ago, NC State had the national champion Clemson team beaten in Death Valley, and then they missed a field goal, and, and it was all history from there. Yeah. So it, it could happen. There's history there. Yeah, and, you know, if uh, if Clemson wins this, it would be seven straight wins in the series, and that's their longest streak. Uh, so that's kind of unprecedented to a degree. It's been a long time since that's you know been a thing. Um, we'll get to this a little more in, in a minute, but Wake Forest's defense seems really bad. So I think that maybe the 63 points isn't that big of a thing. You know, it's something that kind of everyone is doing to Wake Forest right now. You mm -hmm. look through their, their schedule, they've they've just been run roughshod over a great deal this year. Even in their wins, they've given up a lot of points. So I think you're right. I, I think this will be a lot tighter than uh, – you know, it's sort of a Lee Corsa move, closer than the experts think. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think I will take Clemson to win at home. I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think that they'll, you know, like you said, they have the bye week. They've got, they've got confidence. They're a little more comfortable with their quarterback situation, I suppose, as much as one can be at this point in the season with how they've dealt with things. Um, and I, I think NC State will give them a good game. I think it'll be a great game to watch um, and early in the day. So uh, everyone will get a, Get a chance to look at them in the afternoon. Um, I think if I have to pick, uh, which I do, I'll go uh, Clemson 35. Uh, let's say NC State. Uh, well, I'm trying to do math now. Uh, 24. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's 20, 24. Yep. One other thing I'll bring up. I was talking about S&P Plus rankings. So these teams are combined 11-0. and 0. And I mentioned that the best team that NC State has played, we said, was Boston College, right, a couple weeks mm -hmm. ago. There's only one team that Clemson's played that was better than Boston College, and that was a two-point win on the road at Texas A&M. Now, that's a really hard place to play. That was still – there was some back and forth with Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence, all this stuff week two. But, like, there's – the only teams that Clemson has really blown out this year are 
teams worse than the worst team that NC State's played, right? I mean, it's it's really hard to say what either of these teams is right now in a lot of ways, given that they haven't really played anybody all that tough. Um, so I, I'm I'm very curious to see. I I'm very want to think that NC State could make this a game, make it an entertaining one, and 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 keep it down to about a touchdown as as they've made a tradition recently. So. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, it's definitely going to tell us a lot about both teams and. And then somehow in a couple of weeks, none of it will have mattered anyway. And it'll be a completely different situation because that is the ACC. Go ACC to that, I was about to say. <laughs> All right, let's move on, Justin. 12.20 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. The North Carolina Tar Heels on the road in the Carrier Dome against the Syracuse Orange. The Orange are a 10-point favorite, uh, which is interesting for a team coming off a loss to Pittsburgh, who is one of the – pretty objectively worst teams in the ACC right now. And yet they've come off a bye week UNC coming off a pretty demoralizing, frustrating loss to, uh, to Virginia tech last week in a game that they had won and then they found a way to lose. I'm going to be honest. I, I, I thought Syracuse might be maybe a little bit of fool's gold earlier in the year after, you know, they did pull a close loss to Clemson, but then they lose to Pitt, and it's like, Oh man, like, I don't know what they are, but honestly, I think this is a really bad spot for North Carolina. Ten points with Syracuse for a team that needs a little bit of good mojo moving forward, that has shown some good stuff. I think this is the game. Dino Babers breaks the four-win glass ceiling that's been there so far, and Syracuse covers ten and I think rolls in this game. I've got Syracuse winning this game like 45-28. UNC has been better lately, but I don't think I don't think they're coming back from last week to now go into the carrier dome and make this a game. Yeah. I mean the carrier dome, it's kind of cliche at this point, but it's a really weird, typical place to play. Nobody likes going there. It doesn't really matter even how good they are. It's just a strange environment. That's so foreign to everybody because nobody has a dome in college football. Mm -hmm. And especially when Syracuse is somewhat competitive as they have been this season, they're going to have a pretty decent crowd on hand. It doesn't take much to make noise in there and it's going to be a hostile environment. The only hope that I could see North Carolina having is if Cade Fortin is somehow healthy for this football game. I thought he really gave them a spark in the first half against Virginia Tech. I thought he gave them kind of a, a little bit of confidence. He, he was out there making plays, even for an inexperienced kid. And at this point, I, I haven't seen an update that said he was he was likely, it sounded like it was still very much up in the air, his status. And if he can't go, I just don't think this is going to go very well for Carolina. They've already had so many troubles. Uh, I mean, Carrying over from last year into this year has kind of just kept going in that same trajectory of, well, what else can happen to us at this point? And like you said, that loss last week, they had the game. They just did. They played much better than Virginia Tech almost the you know up until the last two minutes. So 58 minutes of really, really good football, blown away by a rough last drive. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I think Syracuse uh, will be able to cover. I think they'll be able to, to win comfortably. Um, I, I'd say like 42 to, to 17. Yeah, I, I don't really know what the North Carolina quarterback situation is right now. I mean, you've got Chat Surratt out for the year. You've got Cade Fortin coming in as a starter <clears throat> to replace Nathan Elliott, but then getting hurt. And so Nathan Elliott's back in there. Uh, I mean, is Fortin healthy or not? Nobody's really sure, but he's been, I guess Fortin has been kind of the best thing about their quarterback situation yet this year. And even then he led UNC to what, like 19 points last week, if that. 
I mean, if that's the best thing you got going, I mean, I didn't say it was good. I just said it was an improvement. <laughs> There's a difference. Small but important difference there. Absolutely. Um, I don't. I. I just. I don't really have a lot of faith in this North Carolina team. And and I know they have been playing better for sure. I mean, the last two, three games, they started to get guys back from suspension and all that. Like they've, you know, they beat Pittsburgh. They gave Virginia Tech a run for their money. I mean, they're not looking like the pushover team they were week two, week three, that kind of thing, you know, but it just, this feels like a year where Larry Fedora is just, losing control of this team and, and not, not able to really push them across the finish line. And it's, it's crazy to me how quickly they've fallen off from two, three years ago when they were winning the coastal, they had the number one overall pick in the draft with Mitchell Trubisky, excuse me, number two overall, sorry. Um, but like, I, I mean, this whole thing, like, I, I just, I don't believe in North Carolina. I, this seems like a, a bit of a mentally soft team. They're coming off a brutal loss. I'm not going to overthink this. Syracuse has multiple answers at quarterback. If Eric Dungey gets hurt or is not playing well, they've got Tommy DeVito. You know, Syracuse has one bad loss, one near miss over the you know defending ACC champion. I'm going to just stick with the orange. I'm going to lay the ten, feel good about it, and, and just just call it what it is. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, I think North Carolina is probably the kind of team that will like win a game down the stretch they shouldn't uh, like they'll pull yeah, it all together 100%. somehow like, I can see them beating like Duke or something in, in a game that they shouldn't maybe win but Georgia um, Tech. yeah well this, you never know so yeah it could happen Georgia Tech is inconsistent enough I'm sorry to say that that could totally happen but yeah someone like that is gonna get bit I, I mean the Hokies almost got bit so it, it definitely can happen to anybody and um but yeah I, I it does feel very much that Larry Fedora is just so thankful he has too much money on his contract to probably get fired this year because it does not seem like a stable program right now. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement here, Justin Syracuse lay the 10. Um, again, I'm going like 45, 28. You don't have to necessarily provide a score prediction, but again, you think, you think pretty big here for Syracuse. Yeah. I said something like, I don't know, 42, 17 or something like that. You're comfortable right, to what you're right. saying. 42, 17. You're correct. All right, uh, last one, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN2 on the deuce if you're uh, so inclined to switch over there from the NC State-Clemson game. The Wake Forest Steeman Deacons on the road in Tallahassee against the Florida State Seminoles. The Knolls are a 10-point favorite in this game. Justin, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm really, really struggling to handicap like either of these teams right now. Like We've, we've seen some really good stuff by Wake Forest against some lesser competition, and we've seen them get absolutely drubbed by Notre Dame and Clemson. But the thing is that Florida State started the season ranked and then immediately started looking like, quote-unquote, lesser competition, uh, struggling to beat Samford, uh, you know, getting lucky to beat Louisville, frankly. Like, And at, at this point, I think I'm of the opinion that, like, I don't know that I can really feel good about laying 10 points with Florida state against a whole lot of anybody. And I recognize Wake Forest defense is not good. I mean, Florida state's offense has had their problems, but maybe they can get something going against the Deeks. Wake Forest has shown some flashes on offense in a lot of ways, but I, I don't know if they can necessarily do it against the Knowles, but I think I'm just going to take the 10 points with Wake Forest. And, and I think Florida state still wins, but 
I don't know how close, uh, how, how much distance they're going to be able to get on this uh, Wake Forest team. Yeah, I agree with you. This is just a weird game, and it's terribly unattractive. The fact that it's on national television is kind of hilarious to me and definitely not a good thing for the conference as a whole. Um, you know, you're right. I think Wake Forest has some really nice pieces on offense. I think Sam Hartman's been a really, really pleasant surprise. Uh, Greg Dortch is, is always very dangerous, but they just kind of lack firepower overall. There's not enough depth there, I don't think. And their defense is just a dumpster fire right now. And I don't know that there's anything at this point in the season that they can do. Um, they have changed defensive coordinators. They have, and I don't know if that helped at all. Yeah. It doesn't appear to have made much of a dent. It was very much uh, stepping in front of a, of a boulder going downhill. But uh, you know what? They had to try something. I get it. Uh, it just hasn't seemed to have had a huge effect. Um, Florida State is such a strange team. It seems like they should almost be better by default, and they just they, there's a ton of talent there, and they can't seem to be doing in anything. They can't get out of their own way. They can't run the football, which is just baffling to me. I don't know if they're going to be able to figure that out this game, but I think they're 122nd in the country in rushing yardage, which is just dismal for anybody, let alone Florida State. So, yeah, I, sorry, I think you're right that um, that Wake Forest can keep this close just by default. You know, that, that 59 over under number is interesting. Like, I don't, it seems dicey to really get near it, but at the same time, like, I could see this being like a gross 17 10 game. Like, it wouldn't shock me. Well, let me put it this way, Justin. I, I've got two questions for you. They're very simple yes, no questions. <laughs> and I want you to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. You ready? All right. Number one, is Florida State the more talented team? Yes. Number two, does it matter? (laughs) No. Not necessarily. Not really, no. It hasn't yet. They've been the more talented team in most of the games they've played. That's true. And it almost hasn't mattered in a lot of cases. Are they more talented than Sanford? Yeah. Did they lead Sanford after 55 minutes? Nope. (laughs) Like It's it's been just, like I said, just a really weird season, and you know, we talked in preseason a little bit about it. I wasn't sure what they were going to get with Willie Taggart overall, but certainly this season, it, it, everyone was talking about, oh, they're ranked, they're a good team, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are they? Like, I mean, maybe, but it didn't seem readily apparent. And it seems like they've had a little bit more of a transitional problem than I think anybody expected, even kind of people who are lukewarm about them uh, like myself. So uh, it's really strange. I don't know what to make of it, but, uh, you know, They'll they'll go out there and play. <laughs> yeah, here's here's why I'm at Wake Forest coming off a bye. I think the defense will have gotten something figured out. Anything. Uh, I think Sam Hartman's going to be a little bit healthy. He he had a a long and painful afternoon against Clemson a couple weeks ago. I think he's going to be feeling a little bit better again. I think they'll have some some mojo back. I think they're going to make this a closer game than 10 points. I think Florida State still wins. Give me the Knolls 34-26. They win but do not cover. Um, hmm. Yeah, I uh, – actually, since I already said it out loud, I'll go with my 17-10 to 10 Florida State pick because – Oh, hell yeah. That seems hilarious to me and totally plausible. We're going under on that one. All right. <laughs> I Yeah, it's one of those things of like – I don't necessarily know or feel great about how Wake Forest is going to move the ball on Florida State. Their defense has admittedly been pretty dang good most of the year. But 
on the other hand, you know, it's like Florida State should move the ball a lot better than they do. Wake Forest defense, as, a, as atrocious as they've been the last few weeks, like, again, a bye week, new coordinator. I think they took the time, probably figured something out. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have faith in Dave Clawson. Uh, I'm going to have faith in, in the Deeks. Let's go 34, 28, or 26, or whatever. Uh, not quite 10 points. Uh, Florida State wins. Wake, Wake covers, though. You good with that, Cates? Yeah, that makes sense. I like it. All right. We uh, we totally neglected to mention picks of the week as we went through. Um, and, and breaks a pattern. I, I feel bad. Uh, I, I've messed this up. But uh, we agreed. Picks of the week. And, again, you're covering Mike's pick of the week. So he is uh, he is beholden to whatever you've got here. Uh, Justin, I think my pick of the week, game I feel the best about, I'm going to lay the 10 points with Syracuse. And that feels like a dangerous exercise to lay 10 points with Syracuse in a pick of the week. But, again, <laughs> this feels like an awful spot for North Carolina. Syracuse should be pretty good in this game. I think they win this game pretty comfortably. So Syracuse minus 10, my ACC pick of the week. Lock it up. That's an exciting pick because you're right. That could go south real fast. <laughs> oh, it totally could. If you but, if, if we were talking this time next week and I said North Carolina won that game outright, would you be shocked? No, not even a little bit. I just no. this is the time of season where that stuff starts to happen every week. It's like we finally think we've got it figured out a little bit. It's like okay, Syracuse is they're fine. They'll they'll be fine. Carolina's terrible, and then yeah, that that's exactly the kind of stuff that starts to happen. But uh, no, I like that. that. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, my lock of the week is going to be something we touched on a little bit earlier, but I'm going to take NC State to cover against Clemson to get inside of that 17 and a half points. I, again, if it goes the other way, not a shocker at all, but I just I think NC State's defense is, is good enough that they can keep it at least close. And I think I, I have a lot of faith in Ryan Finley. You know, he's been very good, and I think their whole offense has been surprisingly good, which has kind of been – maybe the missing link over the last handful of seasons for that program. And now that they've got it kind of headed in the right direction, I think that that makes sense. So that's my lock of the week and Mike's incidentally. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, it's ballsy, but I like it. I like it. That That is a, uh, you know, taking the points against Clemson could be an exercise in futility at this point in the year. But again, we just, I, I'm with you. I agree. I, I think you just take 17 and a half and, Trust NC State to keep this game close that they have for a couple of years now. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Oh, Justin, this has been a, a, a lengthy, extensive, thorough preview of the nearly five ACC games we have this weekend. Um, <laughs> anything else that you wanted to hit on, chat about, whatever, before we uh, before we get off here? Not really. This is like the, the calm before the storm as ACC football goes. It's We're settling in. People are already, a lot of these schools are already looking towards basketball season here in a couple of weeks, as the podcast namesake would have us think. Um, but you know what? There's still plenty of really interesting football, and it's going to get real weird right in time for Halloween. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's already doing that for sure. <laughs> True. Um, you actually make a good point. It's kind of funny. Yeah, this is a, a quiet week. Last week we had five games. This week we've got four. If you start looking at next week, next week there are seven, but that's, just straight up ACC play. Like that's absolutely, that's kind of the thing I've been really waiting for is this, you know, rubber meets the road kind of situation where it's just conference games left and right. And, and you start really getting a good feel for who's, who's good and who's not. Um, so seven straight up conference games next week, um, which should be fun to watch. But once again, don't, don't forget 
This is ACC Divisional Championship Saturday for for uh, both divisions. So the conference semifinals or something like this is this is very intense actually. And absolutely, you're absolutely right to point that out. It's a good point, and it should be uh, should be fun to watch those. Given that one of those games is Virginia at Duke, this is just the strangest timeline, Justin. Twenty eighteen. I don't know what I expected from twenty eighteen, but it probably should have no, been something in, like this. Yeah, this is in keeping with how things have been going in the world at large. So I, I think I think it only makes sense that Virginia and Duke have have big aspirations at this point in the college football season. Completely agreed. Totally appropriate. And I, I frankly, I just should have been expecting this all along. <laughs> Justin, this has been awesome having you on. Thank you so much for joining and for stepping in for, for Mike. I, I hope he hasn't, you know, gotten his food yet or it's not getting cold or anything like that, but you know, we wouldn't wish that on anybody, but uh, would you, uh, would you please tell the people where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm glad that I was able to help out and fill in for Mike, who is being irresponsible in terms of dietary needs, but that's okay. Happens to the best of us. Uh, you can find me at InsideTheACC.com. You can find us on Twitter at InsideTheACC, and you can find me on Twitter at BestCates. Yeah, recommended that you do. Justin's a really good follow. If you're if you're Virginia Tech folk, as Mike is, uh, you're in good good hands with Justin. He is also Virginia Tech folk. Um, but really good overview of the whole conference. So highly recommend going and checking him out on Twitter. If, uh, if, if either of those things is something you're looking for, once again, he's at best Cates on Twitter, or you can just go find him, uh, on inside the ACC.com at inside the ACC on Twitter. Uh, Justin, you're the man. Thank you for joining us. Uh, really, really appreciate it. For sure. We're going to, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we're going to come back and recap these games this weekend. Hopefully Mike will have eaten and, um, I'm trusting, yeah, I, I'm going, uh, you know, a couple of uh, maybe chicken wings with like a biscuit. I, I don't know, like half and half tea. Maybe, you know, you can't go quite sweet tea at this age, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I don't know. There are a lot of ways you can play it, and it's kind of later in the evening, so it'll be fascinating to see what he decided. Oh, he, he's a John Daly kind of guy, isn't he? I can see that. He's no, getting like a half a lemonade and throwing some, some Firefly in there. <laughs> as I one does past him. actually as a side note i'm going to be seeing mike in person in a couple of weeks i pulled the trigger and bought uh boston college at virginia tech tickets so i'll be uh believe that's a homecoming game which is traditionally not a good thing in blacksburg it's uh we lose a lot then but it'll be good i'll i'll see him in the flesh and uh maybe we'll get chicken together let's put it this way they picked a really bad opponent for trying to change that trend I know. That's a very losable game. That game terrifies game. me. <laughs> very losable game. Georgia Tech lost their homecoming game last week to Duke, so that's fine. Um, anyways, uh, we're going to come back, recap these games when the weekend is over. But in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. Mike is at Mike McDaniel CFB. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. And once again, he is at Best Cates or at Inside the ACC on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. Uh, they can send us an email with their questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. This is where you say nailed it. Got it. Yeah, you slammed that. Yeah, thank you. There we go. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can go search for our channel. We don't have a fancy URL or anything, but you can come check out Justin's sweet, fancy beard. It looks good. It's all groomed. Uh, looking, you ready for uh, ready for winter with that thing, keeping you warm? Yeah, this is actually slightly under control compared to a couple of weeks ago. It started to get too grizzly, so <laughs> no I had, such to thing. I had to reel it in a little bit. No such thing. 
Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference. You can rate review f- and find all of our podcasts there. You can f- uh, make sure you rate and review us on iTunes, Google play, wherever you find us as well. That is very much appreciated. Justin, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you want to come back and join the program again soon? We should do it. I like being with you guys and uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for joining us. Come back sometime soon. We would, we would love to have you. It's always a pleasure having you on. Well, until next time, when Mike and I come back and recap these games, or when Justin comes back and, and helps recap, if Mike's still in the drive through line, we'll have to see. Uh, for Mr. Justin Cates, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC. 